Happy birthday. So you're going to do anything fun for your birthday, Scott? Um, Going to the coast to go swim in the oil. No. (laughs) 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 Oh, that's tragic. Episode 132 of Channel Massive. This is the first time in a long time where we have four hosts on the show. Yeah. Not like, ever back at, like, me when and we did. my personality, my extra personality, and Mark and his extra personality. <laughs> Hi, I'm Tammy. <laughs> I'm a cheerleader. Actually, this is Mark and Noah, and also joining us electronically via Skype, so if the quality is a little bit different than what you're used to, that's why, are Scott and Eric. Both of us. Yep. I'm also here. Eric will play, be playing the role of Jim, and I'll be playing the role of Jason. I like the cyber. I like the cyber. Cyber. Game. Oh, you're off to a good start. <laughs> now, you do have to I play the game for 25 days, and I beat it. Can you say Rise Like a Phoenix? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just got stopped by what, what Scott said. That was... Dude, that thing. Repeat it, Scott. Say it again. What, I played the game for 25 straight days? I beat it, now I'm done? Oh, my God. It's a, that's funny. Continue. The joke is lost on us. Investigations. <laughs> M.O. In M.M.O.'s. Oh. oh. I play the game repeatedly for 25 days. I beat it, now I'm done. I beat it, now I'm done. <laughs> and it sucks. You forgot that, and it sucks. It's not all three. three. <laughs> oh, doesn't it sting? Oh, once you realize, it's just like woof. <laughs> I'm sh- I'm sure I'll get some uh, some some redneck feedback from that one from Jason. <laughs> okay. All right. So in this episode, we are going to be telling you what we've been playing. We have since it's been a while since we last recorded. We have an epic amount of content there from all sorts of platforms and stuff that we've been playing, so we're excited to jump into that. We have three emails, which we're really stoked to get into in the mailbag. The other 5,000 sucked. So this is the cream of the crop. (laughs) Yes, the best of the best. Yes. And we have a lot of roundtable topics to choose from. We're going to decide which ones we're going to do organically, contextually, as we progress through the podcast. It may be one topic. It may be three. Maybe six. But you'll have to listen to find out, because we don't know at this mo- at this time. Yes. We don't have our seer with us. Our seer, our oracle. <laughs> the chosen one. If you have any comments or feedback on this episode or on Channel Massive in general, send it to mail. M-A-I-L. At Channel Massive. You bastard. <laughs> or you can send us a tweet. T-W-E-E-T. 
<laughs> Twitter.com slash channel massive. Or you can leave us a review on iTunes. We like those too. Ogvorbis. O G V O R B I S. You can send us an MP3, a wave, whatever you want. At yes. I don't send you MP3s anymore. I've stopped that. Now I'm just recording with you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you've really dropped the ball on that one. <laughs> I know it. Uh, Scott's manning the telegraph. I want you to give yourself a demotion. <laughs> and without further ado, we will now be getting into what we're playing after a quick break. We bid you adieu. Someone to hold me tight. That would be very nice. Someone to This episode of Channel Massive is sponsored by UGT Servers. When you order Ventrilo hosting from UGT, you get all of the powerful administration features hardcore gamers want and the ease of use that newbie gamers need. With 24-hour tech support, 13 locations worldwide, and a 15-day money-back guarantee, you'd be crazy not to check them out. Head to UGT-Servers.com for all of your Ventrilo hosting needs. For the first segment of this episode, we're going to get into what we're playing. Now, I've been bracing for this for for two weeks, maybe three weeks, I don't know. I've lost track because it's been so dang long since we last recorded. But last week, Eric was saying, I hope we're recording because i got so much to talk about. <laughs> for the water plates. Building. <laughs> and so now we've just tacked on a whole other week of experience on that. So I have no idea what he's going to talk about. But I know that Scott is going to be the reliable... Move it along, cop. Yes, I, I will, and well, and I will also uh, have our our mandatory League of Legends segment during my what <laughs> Yay! And my chunk of talking will will be shorter, so I'm not sure if I should go like in the middle, so I like I mix it up a little bit, or if I should go first. I think prelude. just in case they want to fast forward, you should go first, and then they can go. Oh, jeez, it's just going to talk forever. Fast forward. I think we could just chop Eric off at the hour and a half. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, 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 you see, that happens. It's going to happen. You see. And for you sharp-eared listeners, you may notice there's only three of us talking right now. Mark has been abducted by baby duties. So it's just going to be us until all of a sudden he starts talking again. Or maybe you'll hear him. Coming baby. down the creaky stairs to the basement where I'm at. Baby. He said baby. No, don't you come. Scott, you shut your mouth. You don't talk. Because I was going to say that. <laughs> I was I was feeling the vibe, man. I knew you had it. I heard the little I heard the little oh, quirky laugh. And you were you ready. cut me off on purpose, didn't you? <laughs> God. Shine drinking son of a mother. So you want me to go first? Yeah. How about you go first? Okay. Well, the fact that, uh, you know, right before our last recording of episode, I guess it would be 131, my PC died. So I've been, uh, been making use of a fairly, fairly hefty work PC, which can, uh, at least get me to play League of Legends. So, um, that is pretty much all I have played. I've, I've dipped in for just a second, um, on Free Realms, um, over at a buddy's house. And that's been pretty much it. Um, but I have gained five levels on League of Legends. And How old was this buddy that was playing Free Realms? It was. I was showing him 
so he could show his kids. So. Oh, okay. So this was like twelve um, year old. Yeah, you know, this was like <laughs> I just log in for maybe thirty minutes and kind of show him the game and how it was fairly safe for his nine and ten year old. So. That's that a, yeah, that's a great game for that. It definitely is. Um, but yes, League of Legends, quite awesome. Um, I want to. Out of the last twelve games, one ten. So I'm streaking right along. I'm. Uh, I'm uh, what have you changed? That's so awesome. I mean, have you like added a bunch of runes? Well, yeah. Well, no. I went and actually spent riot points. So I bought a twenty pack of riot points, and uh, I opened up some more characters, and I ended up buying Malphite, which is the uh, the rock guy. Um, you know, he's a tank. Um, pretty pretty much just a middle of the road armor tank. And uh, man, he is a fit. I'm just. Uh, that's it. He's my new main. That's that's how it's going to be. Um, a couple of guys here lives local with me in Alabama is playing too, and they're they're both in it pretty heavy now. So the three of us have been playing quite a bit. Um, does this include your Pokemon friend? It does. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was pretty good. Um, what I wanted, one of the things I wanted to get y'all's take on is you know they've been adding quite a few characters, and the next one that's coming is. A mage that's kind of, uh, I think it's, they're trying to, yes. uh, tie into the Prince of Persia release movie that's fixing to come out. But, um, I mean, he looks really cool. But, uh, we've got only two maps, and I'm really hoping they start to open that up and, and, uh, give us some, give us some different playgrounds. I'm, I'm wanting, I mean, just off the top of my head, I would think you could add, you know, two towers on each lane or something, so, you know, or have neutral towers that attack both sides, you know, something like that, just to kind of mix it up. So yeah, I like Tides of Blood towers that you could change to your team's alliance or vice versa. Yeah, capture towers. I mean, you know, all kinds of stuff. So uh, I'm I'm really uh, I'm really hoping that we that this may be the last champion we see for a lot a while, and um, you know, we they move into maybe a map pack or something. And well, if know, I remember right, map. the next map they're releasing is a two lane map. Which doesn't sound oh, that interesting like, to me. Just like Twisted Tree Line? Yeah. I thought it was. It's either that or it's a one-lane map. It's something funky like that. See, I'm scared about that kind of stuff because, I mean, I think of League of Legends, I think I said it before, like a fighting game. So, in most fighting games, well, pretty much every fighting game, the area is just for aesthetic appeal. It's just, you know, to... Window dressing. Yeah, just to be in a different area, so you know you get to see different stuff. There's not a lot of interact uh, interaction with that area because each character is so complex. It's like a fighting game. Each one has its different reach and different play style. When you switch up things, I played my usual character uh, Nadali on that other map that they introduced, and I absolutely hated it because I'm still trying to get comfortable with three lanes. I don't want anything like that to be changed. Um, oh no! You know, what I'm saying is like you know, like the like the center lane on the large map. Maybe at the center where the where the river comes together, instead of having one tower for each team right there at the middle, have have two standing there, kind of like they do at the nexus. So just pushing through that middle chunk is tougher. Or mm-hmm. make it where you know, make it where the you put you know, extend the map lengthwise a little bit and put in the middle, say, put. You know, a tower that attacks anybody. It's just mm-hmm. a neutral tower. So it's it just. 
I kind of I kind of equate it to an arena, and so you kind of if you go back to the movie Gladiator or something like each time he had to fight, you know, some some different piece of the arena was different. You know, you either yeah. had a trap or you had this, and um, you know that's the kind of stuff. I just, I don't know. It's just yeah. I mean, I'm I'd be totally ninety games now, so I'm like I've I've got my what I'm doing down to pretty much a T, and uh, gotcha. I, I just. Wouldn't mind the mix up a little bit. I'd be totally okay with that as long as they did it kind of like um, what they did in Diablo 2, um, where it's this fake randomness where, you know, everything's not just randomly generated, you know. But when you queue up a game um, and and you're getting you're getting everything together, it will randomly generate one of ten different maps, you know. And they, it might look the same, but just like you say, it might be rearranged in different ways, Okay. And just have enough, maybe 10 to 15 maps, where it could be fresh for someone like you, who, you know, is just getting to that point where you're kind of sick at looking at everything or looking at everything, you know, arranged in, in a certain way. Um, something like that. I mean, with Diablo 2, you could you could clearly see that they had just a set amount of maps. And, and I think it would be interesting enough if they just, you know, like in the, the little uh, neutral monster sections in the jungle that you can go kill and get different buffs. Just randomize where they show up. Oh, that'd be great. I mean, and not you don't even have to change who they are. Just instead of making the dragging at this one spot every time, mm-hmm. swap him with something else and just kind of shift them around, just so there's a little bit of variety. You know, so it's yeah. not it's not so scripted. And that'd be nice because that would make jungling um, kind of like a lottery, really a jungle, as opposed to. You know, okay, I'm just running over here, killing this, and then running right yeah. back. And some people's builds, like, they know exactly which creature they have to kill. You know, they when. can go right there, kill it at a certain point in the match, and that just finishes up like some uber build. So to have that randomized, that's, hey, he's got you got something there. Oh, thank you, man. Yeah. <laughs> and that's pretty much it for me. So It'd be cool if in the jungle you could, like, uh... Encounter some kind of creep in there, a super creep, that you could beat into submission, I guess, Pokemon style. Oh, or, <laughs> but yeah, it like becomes a pet that follows you everywhere oh, and fights good. in your side. Well, I, I, I thought a champion that could um, turn minions to fight for your team and they swap colors would be pretty mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. You know, I think the uh, Heroes of New Earth actually has that, but I'm not sure the hero class does that. I well, um, the new guy, the Malthazar guy, is going to be able, you know, every five spells that he casts, he gets a, basically a minion that mm-hmm. the longer it's alive, the stronger it gets. And so I'm super he's, excited about him. I'm going to buy him day one. He can zerg up if he wants. Yeah, I can't believe they haven't had any pet heroes with, or heroes that are or pet classes. After like 50 plus heroes, there haven't been any. And when I, mean, I first yeah, started Andy, League of Legends, Andy, you know her her what her ultimate throws the uh, yeah that's the bear true. big bear. No, they have that one. Then they have the uh, Heim Digger, which has turrets, and you can get up to like I don't know. I, I haven't played with it much, but like three three or three or four turrets. Yeah, but I'm like thinking that. back to the original DOTA, where there was oh. one guy who could summon up to three different Hellhounds, gotcha. and then there was the Spider Queen, and she could have like. Six little spiderlings running around with her. Oh. Yeah, I really think that's kind of Malthazar. What he's going to be doing is, going, I mean, he's going to be a pet class. Um, I think that's where his strength's going to come in. Because really, you, they kind of dip their toe in the water. You know, you have uh, Jack, I mean, uh, Shaco's ultimate is the mirror image of himself that will explode when it blow, when it gets killed. And uh, 
you know, so that, I mean, they 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 kind of have it a little bit, but um, yeah, yeah, they must have just had some balance issues with implementing it because it's really weird that we haven't seen one until now. And I really want to play with. I definitely want to play with Noah, Scott, and Mark all together because I'm getting him day one. I'm going to be trying to play him as much as possible. Um, and he's got some really cool spells. He's got this one that opens up. I hope you can choose which point at each uh, um, area that you can cast a spell because you, you cast two portals. And then um, any enemies in between those portals, I guess, get zapped with electricity or, or sucked into the portals or something like that. So it seems like he's got some really neat spells to lane up with someone. And that's that's where I get the most fun out of the game is when I'm laning up with another person and supporting them. That's cool. Wow, well, well done, Scott. I thought you were going to actually talk more. I did, I did have an epic moment that I have to... Um, okay. I was out jungling, um, getting the red rock orbs that increases your damage buff. And um, I, had, I, had, I was buffed up pretty well, so I was already, at, I was already level 18. Um, and I had just come back from recharging, and I had a Yi and a Cassidy jump me two on one I killed them both holy crap wow. that was awesome well it helped that I had that the damage buff but I basically I spiked ye so hard I think I scared the casting off and he ran off but I had <laughs> some mallets so all I had to do is hit him once and he wasn't getting away so but after that it was like alright I'm not playing another character ever <laughs> that's just all there is to it because they tried wow. the game and I turned it on both of them I was like alright that's it this is it this is the one I'm playing that's really cool. Jeez. Well, it'll be the intermission in this segment because I've not played too much, unfortunately. I've only gotten a, a few hours over the last two or three weeks to play. <laughs> and I, During that time, I've played the three new games that I've acquired that I pre-ordered. I got the collector's edition of Alan Wake, which I'm really happy I did because it's yeah. a super sweet package. And... I also got Split Second and Super Mario Galaxy 2. So, oh, we looking forward to that one. Yeah. Yeah, all three of them I've really been looking forward to. And it's weird. I feel a little gluttonous now having three freaking awesome games. And it's just like, oh. uh, which one will I play? <laughs> oh. oh. It's just overload. But it's a good kind of overload because all three games are really great. Alan Wake, I've... Play, I played first out of those three, and I'm sure you're going to hear about it a little bit from Eric because he's been playing it as well. Damn straight. I'm still at the beginning of it, and it's a pretty cool game. I was automatically attracted to it because it stars a writer, and it's set in the Northwest in Washington. Uh, two things that don't happen too often in video games, and I was attracted to it because I love writing. And it's just so cool to play a game in a setting that's a little bit atypical. I mean, for instance, post-apocalyptic games right now are getting a little long in the tooth to me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that's why, and, and even urban combat and adventure games, same thing, which is why I think Red Dead Redemption is such a breath of fresh air for a lot of people right now. But for me, it was the Pacific Northwest and Alan Wake, and I love the way that they've done the, the setting and the television show set up and then closing credits music and all the narration. I mean, it's still got some cheesy Max Payne overtones to it because if you played those games, you remember that really bad Pulp Fiction-type writing in them. But it was part of their charm. And this game has that 
to a degree as well, but it's, it's, it's all good. I think the one thing that disappointed me a little bit, and I spoke about this in the last Dojo Show Go, is that the game looks like it's supposed to be suspenseful and it's called a thriller and stuff like that, but I do not find it scary. And to me, that's a surprise because historically I've been really easily scared by games, even standard war-based first-person shooters. They freak me out too much. I get too tense and stressed out mm-hmm. and I can't play them. But Alan Wake... For some reason, it's like, all right, oh, the music's gotten ominous. Oh, here comes the fog blowing through the woods. Here's the axe murderers in their flannel shirts. And it's like, light, 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 shoot, shoot, shoot. Oh, the one snuck up up behind me. And sometimes I die, sometimes I don't. It, it's just, it's not stressful at all. It's very perfunctory, I think is a good way of putting it. But it's still fun. It's, it's still cool to see where the story's going and picking up pieces of this manuscript that he can't remember writing during the week that he's lost in his memory. And uh-huh. it foreshadows the events that are coming up. And it's like, wow, that's really cool. So still thumbs up. I like it. Good game. Yeah, it seemed like to me, I mean, I haven't played it myself, but from what I've heard of it, it seems like that the, uh, the mechanics of how they kind of integrated the storyline into the gameplay was kind of innovative. So that kind of drew... Um, but that's what made it so much different. Uh, frankly, I'm like you. I, games don't scare me much anymore. Um, not since Alien vs. Predator way back in the day. So, <laughs> Now, Dead Space, that freaks me out. That game's creepy. But Oh, zombies? Zombies are fun. Did you play Dead Space, Scott? Yeah, yeah. That game was scary to me. So I, I know that I'm not totally immune yet, but I'm like, wow, I'm really desensitized or something's happened. I'm no man. man. <laughs> uh, every, no. Uh, everything ever since Shaun of the Dead, now just pretty much all all zombie. Uh, anything about zombies, I just think of Shaun of the Dead. It's just comical. <laughs> yes. Now I got a qu- I got a question. You know, th- this is the first thing. How are you playing it? Is it in a dark room? Did you br- make sure to bring down the the lighting, you know, because I know at the very beginning of the game it says, okay, so out of these three colors, you shouldn't be able to see anything in the first one. You know, it's got to be nice and dark. Did you do oh, all yeah, that? Oh, yeah, I said those dark. I said them and then, dark. And you're in, like, a dark room and everything like that? No, I didn't play in a dark room. I was playing in okay. the afternoon. Well, you know, this is what I'm I'm just, just before we started the podcast, and I know I'm cutting in, you know, and starting mine, but I'll just speak real quick about this, but, um, and I'll continue, of course. But anyways, um... <laughs> I I think I think it's really interesting the way that they establish the scares in the game. Okay, I I, I really appreciate it because I am just like you. I I can't stand scary games. Not because you know I, I think they're too gory or I can't stand the violence. It's that I stress myself out so much that I constantly have to take these breaks. You know, and I eventually get to the point where I'm like, I love the story, but I just can't do it anymore. It's too stressful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Alan Wake. Is like a great suspense thriller, um, and they, you know, it's it's about a horror story. Um, the narrative is done wonderfully in that those pages that you pick up, they will tell you either, and this is uh, this is what Scott probably was bringing up, um, that they will tell you they will foreshadow what will happen later, and and then they will also fill you in on things that, that have just happened that feel like they might have a plot hole in them or something like that. Um, so as you explore this world, you're, you're getting these weird, you know, um, premonitions almost through the pages and, and stuff like that. Um, and then they establish things like um, the scares, you know, oh, of course, every single time someone comes up to attack you, the world slows down and the camera pans to show you where they are. Okay? And that's an established thing that you play over the ha- half of the game, right? 
And then the points at which you are completely comfortable, you are empowered as a player, they make you jump because they break their own rules. And out of nowhere, someone would just come and hit you in the head with an axe. So I think those those are great scares, and, and there are a bunch of other ones I'm not going to ruin for you, Noah. But you feel like – it feels like they they want you to feel comfortable, and they're not trying to scare you all the time because they realize – I mean with Resident Evil, just imagine that when it first came out, I was scared. But by the end, I got used to all of their tricks. I didn't care. I'm I'm at six – I'm at like episode six, which is the last one, and I've jumped consistently one – maybe one time out of every episode. And I think that's a that's a great way to kind of like keep me wrapped in the story, but never get too scared. Okay, sorry. Oh, good, interesting. That's that's good stuff for me to look forward to. No, I have a question. What what scared you about Dead Space? Was it the the pressure of all the attackers at once, or was it the atmosphere? Or? It was uh, being forced down narrow halls or into rooms that get locked up. And then things jump out at you en masse from vents and stuff like that. Not being able to really predict when stuff is going to happen. And that it wasn't always the same kind of thing, because I think that's one of the weaknesses of Resident Evil and older horror games is that... Or they even just throw numbers at you, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's always the same monster. But there's consistently weird reveals and weird little psychological twists to the game that keeps it fresh so the scares don't seem recycled and regurgitated and it'll get and then also looking at the map because so often in that game each chapter is like okay you have to go from point a to point b and it's totally long (laughs) and just like oh my gosh i have to go through this 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 then i have to backtrack and things are going to be worse and um Mm. it just would really freak me out although there's points like in the greenhouse where it's just like you have to run around and you have to kill the things that are like uh, uh, the little bags of gas or whatever they were. And it just got comical to a point because it was just regurgitating too much. But some of the other stuff, it just freaks me out. And I'm feeling like I don't have enough ammo to take them out. See, did you ever play Serious Sam way back in the day? No, my dad did, but I, I watched it. That was, yeah, the overwhelming numbers type of game. Right. Well, I mean, see, I used to, I used to listen to, to trance dance music and play that game. <laughs> and I mean, you just get into a zen, just killing thousands and thousands <laughs> of things. So now it's like, uh, you know, the, the library levels in in uh, Halo and all that. It's like, oh, what is it, forty? Oh, I can handle that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. No, it's not too much the numbers. It's just being surprised, I guess. But so was um, Mario Galaxy Two everything you hoped it would be? Yeah, it's fantastic. It's just beautifully designed. Great soundtrack. Once again, one of the best-looking games on Wii. And that's saying a lot, because it genuinely looks good. When we first got shown the Wii Mario Galaxy, the first one, was a showpiece of... Like, yeah, you have Wii Sports, you have these really simplistic graphic games, but then you have Mario Galaxy, and it was just like, wow, this it has a nice sheen to it. It's not 360 level, but it definitely looks nicer than anything that you'd see on the GameCube. And Mario Galaxy 2 continues that continues that uh, st- graphical standard, and it's just so well-designed and just so creative. It's, it's really amazing that they were able to come up with this much challenge, and with every little galaxy and level that you go through, it's almost totally different from the last one and it just always feels fresh and always fun really really solid game 
the other game I got was Split Second, which apparently I'm the only person that's been looking forward to that because none of my friends ever know what it's about or what it is. <laughs> but it's it's gotten maybe a little bit less marketing than Blur, but I still think it's a better game than Blur. I remember seeing Blur promoted last year at E3, and I don't know if I've just played Mario Kart for far too long, but I'm just I just saw this game that was basically mashing Project Gotham Racing with Mario Kart. And it's like, I don't want to play a realistic-looking uh, a racer that looks really realistic, and yet you're shooting little balls of neon at each other and blowing each other. Mm-hmm. It's just like, it's just stupid. Now, if when you think about Burnout or something like Split Second, where it's genuine explosions and genuine crashes, things that are remotely plausible, that to me is a lot more interesting. It's because I think it's just it's a lot more congruent, and it just goes together. And seeing real-world cars drive over little glowing balls of light shooting each other is just stupid. It's like if it were... I mean, I loved Wipeout, I loved Extreme G and all those other futuristic racers, but when I see that type of stuff applied to current-day vehicles, it's just it's dumb. Now, Split Second, though, has this whole reality TV show vibe and these elaborate sets that are, have been so-called constructed for these races, and just by driving this little arcade racer really well... Just like with Burnout, where you got so much gratification from like the, the crash mode or uh, traffic checking other cars and your competitors, it's so cool to like earn the ability to bring down uh, the awnings of an airport on top of your opponents who are ahead of you, or to be in second place and have a helicopter drop a flaming a, a bunch of barrels of oil that explode on them, and then all of a sudden you're in first place. It's just so catastrophic and over the top. I mean, queuing up an airliner to crash into the course and totally changing the layout of the course or causing an overhead highway to collapse. It's just, it's so freaking cool. And it has this great James Bond aesthetic to it. I mean, on top of all the cool narrated reality TV show stuff, which is done really well, the presentation of the game menus and the soundtrack, it's all very James Bond. You have these slow-mo explosions and fire and smoke and these uh, exp- these shatters uh, these little shards of glass vibra- uh, bursting across the screen during the menus, and then the music's very orchestral. It sounds like a, a James Bond chase scene in, all the, in each of the races. It's just so freaking cool. Totally mm. gratifying. Hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. I, um, you know, I'm not really a racer fan. I don't get the games. If I don't have another person to play with, it's kind of like a fighting game where I get kind of bored quick. It's got to have some kind of hook, some kind of upgrade or system or not something like that. I, I played both the demo for Blur and Split Second, and Split Second seems like, in some ways, it merged two of my favorite kind of racing games. In that you've got Burnout, you've got like the eye candy of Burnout. I mean, the air, the areas look absolutely beautiful. There's the you know explosions everywhere, and then that that weird kind of. Um, uh, announcer reminded me a lot of uh, SSX Tricky SSX. Bl- I think it's Blur. Uh, anyways, uh, it's a snowboarding game, and at the beginning yeah. of every one of those, you know, it have this weird intro guy. You know? Um, yeah, like you're watching a TV broadcast. Yeah, and it really gets. This is Jim McKay. <laughs> and uh, you know, I, I didn't try the demo, um, but I read a lot of people didn't like it. Apparently, it was really bad. I don't know why or what the problems were with the demo. But if you enjoyed the demo remotely, then that's a good sign that you'd actually probably really like the game. Yeah, and the thing is, I had to make a choice. Like, I'll, I'll explain, you know, what I've been playing, but, like, I had to choose, you know, which games I, I was actually going to get. 
And split second for me, since I wasn't sure who was going to get it, how much time I'd be able to play it, um, I, I kind of kind of shied away from it. But Blur, though, I mean, if I want kart racing, I don't need it to be cool. You know, I have a Wii. I have all of these games that focus on gameplay more than, you know, sometimes even like art design. But I, I will play Mario Kart, and that feels great for me. I don't need to make it feel cool, you know? Yeah, yeah, I agree. So that's all of my stuff. Mark has rejoined us. I have returned from the depths of hell. <laughs> Slash the only the people I haven't gotten yet are you and Noah Eric. is covered in baby duty. I'm covered in baby poo and pee. <laughs> <laughs> so do you want to go about with what you've been playing? Um, let's let Eric go. Unleash the Kraken. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Go for it. Okay. Career. So. I have won in life. Mainly, the biggest advance beyond any games is that I proposed to my girlfriend, and she said yes. You're playing the game of life. Yeah, the game of life. The game of life. Seriously. You put a little pink peg into your car. Yeah, pink peg. (laughs) Yep, yep. And we're going to worry about those other pegs later. Use them. (laughs) You know, but but then you'll be on baby duty. Oh yeah, that's what I'm gonna stay off that duty. Can't handle. I'll have some conversations with you in a couple weeks to okay, good. Maybe help you postpone that. Yeah, it's it's a level prank. It is a level. Well, you know, I hear the first part of grinding is is fantastic, like that whole you know. But the other one, the later stuff, just is terrible. The level up. <laughs> uh, the, oh, now you have to grind so that we can have little ones. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I will grind to have little ones. That part is the part that I hear that's good. But anyways. anyways. Okay, okay, okay. So okay. another big thing is that I got a 360. An Xbox 360. I've been wanting one for a while. Um, I got um, you know, some money together. Uh, to to buy Nikki her ring, and the first thing she also said, this is what I knew, this is wh- this is why I asked her a few days later. She was like, "You should get yourself a 360." And yeah, I just marry that one. Yeah, it's so, cheaper. Yeah, so so I went ahead and got it, and it, I've been looking at this thing forever. And I looked, I went on eBay, I went on GameStop's website, and got like so many deals and online coupons. So I, you know, I got a fancy Final Fantasy 13 Collector's Edition 360, and went from having zero 360 games to after I just counted them, I have 23 now. What the hell? <laughs> yeah. You have money to pay your E3 bills. I'm not just telling you that right now. <laughs> no, I'm good. This was this this is me using every buy one get one free kind of thing, and all of these I kind of took it with the same um, kind of idea that I got with Wii and, and and PS2 and everything. I'm not really getting like all new games. I didn't I didn't even pay for some of these, uh, and some of, a lot of them are all like older <laughs> some of them games. are stolen. Some of them are hot. <laughs> no, hot. no, no. Some of them are early birthday presents and all of that stuff. So just no, crazy half Italian, so he's half connected. So if you want half a bone, half broken. <laughs> oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. I'll work. I'll work on that request. I'll, I'll type it up. Um, but um, so I got uh, the big ones that I've been playing. You know, because I got so many games. I know Noah. You said you you bought those games. You kind of just look at them. You know, I've got that times five. 
I have them like right next to my computer. Yeah, you're overloaded. <laughs> and I, yeah, and so what I've done is I've. Have I've you said, tried okay. to pay Jason to play them for you yet? <laughs> oh my god! I will see him online playing Red Dead Redemption. It's totally okay, Jason. Jason here. I want to tell you something, Jason. It's totally okay for you to do that, but but Jeez, sometimes babe. I just I just want to play with you, you know. And it's so easy. Like, you just be like right the old days, single Jason. player, and you Not go right between th- us. <laughs> oh, jeez. You don't sing me love songs Come anymore. Come into my arms. <laughs> I just oh, I just want to no. just whispers in your ear just a little bit, you know. Maybe and just some tongue swear. action. You know? <laughs> Anyways, don't no, don't tell him that. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, so, Scott, it's okay. <laughs> so I decided, I decided I'm going to play Alan Wake first because you know on this Al- Alan Wake was part of a release period where like five or six games came out. You know, um, yeah. Split Second was one of them. Red Dead Redemption came out. Yep. Alan Wake came out. I went to get Alan Wake, okay? And my friend, uh, my uh, my best friend since middle school, you know, he went there to get you know something. And he said, hey, I'm going to get you Prince of Persia for your birthday. And I'm like, awesome. That's cool. Yeah, that's great. And then we looked at Red Dead Redemption. And he's like, so I really yeah. want this. How about you skip that Prince of Persia? No, that's <laughs> not it. The movie. No, we had already we had walked out of the store. And I had Alan Wake in my hand and Prince of Persia. And I was just about to say, see ya. I'm going to go and play. And he's like, you know, I got this Red Dead Redemption game. And I really want someone to play with. And you have to imagine this guy is... You know, he's he's bachelor, you know, bachelor guy with a bunch of disposable income. He's like, you know what? I'm going to get you another birthday present for next year. We're just going to queue this shit up, okay? He's buying your love. Yeah, seriously. So he, we went in. Did he say me got, love you long time, Taylor? I said that to him. Oh. You know? <laughs> Two games, that equals happy ending for sure. So, nonetheless. <laughs> nonetheless, you know. So we get Red Dead Redemption, and this is the big thing. I'll start off by with saying that I've been playing Red Dead Redemption, um, and I played about 20 minutes of the single player. And then, and we, check then we play Cowboys and Indians for real after yeah. we turn off the oh, Yeah, no. Yeah, I'm going to have, have to scalp you, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to tie you up. Just I'll smear it on your let's face. Let's make a fire. I'll rub the sticks together. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez! But I just checked my Raptor account, and I've got 22 hours on the game, just played in multiplayer. Oh, so it's like that's it, it's insane. It's nuts. A lot of open world stuff feels slightly like um, you get more out of if you kind of play it almost like an MMO. Um, there are so many things to do. You've got a bunch of trials, challenges, and things. Getting there's this one area that you can get a stagecoach. And these stagecoaches in this game, this is how... Oh, shit. God, it's amazing. You can fit six people on those stagecoaches, right? So you get everybody in there. They're looking out the window. And we just drive through towns. And anything that moves, we just shoot them in the face. We oh, get all you these... got a war wagon. Oh, yes. And I was actually doing this with um, a, uh, a guy named Shuttler. And... Um, oh, oh, um... Uh, Sean from Massively, uh, we all got together in this thing, and I said, the law is not going to take us alive. Thelma, we're going to go out together. And they were like, what? Who's Thelma? What are you talking about? And then I go over a canyon. I got to relive 
Thelma and Louise in a video game. Done. And Classic. you rubbed elbows with Sean Schuster, massively celebrity celebrity at large. He was a super nice guy. Yeah, he'll never he, play with you again. He comes across <laughs> as a super nice guy. Yeah, but I made sure just to, you know, I tested him out. Every time he got near me, I shot his horse in the face. I said, that one's rabbit. <laughs> Boom. And I ordered up a new one for him. And then he got on the horse, and I'd say, that one's rabbit. Boom. Shot it in the face. See? That's that's amazing. So have you played any with Jason? You started to talk about that earlier. No. Every single time I try to invite him, he's just like, ah, some there's a war going on. i got to do something. Probably working on his uh, quantum physics experiments. <laughs> something. We're going to do Anyways, okay, okay. You're supposed to sell, tell me, move along, Scott. Say, move along. Move along. Uh, I've been so entranced with your, uh, with your Warcraft exploits, so move along. Anyway. Brokeback uh, Redemption. Well, that's all our time. <laughs> uh, okay, so Alan Wake. Amazing game. On episode six, the last episode. Super fantastic. Already talked about that. Um, oh, I will say, okay, when you get to, there are references, you know, throughout, if you look, of, of Max Payne, but when you get to the biggest Easter egg, whatever you want to call it, reference, illusion, whatever, to it, it, you will, you will, your socks will fall off, or blow off, or something, okay, I'm, t- I'm telling you, I'm telling you, get now to it. it's kind of short, is it? Now, I would oh. think with type of gameplay it is, that Dude. it probably is better that it's not... This is the big ball. thing. This is the big thing. It's a shooter. Seriously, it's a shooter. So, um, it's it's not survival horror, really. Um, you you know, it's, it's, it's carefully constructed. The episodes are carefully constructed to have, like, a kind of different different flow throughout you're constantly losing your weapons you don't really have to manage stuff you know it's not survival horror in that way um it's it's 12 so far i'm about to beat it and it's it's gonna come out to be about 12 hours <laughs> and and that's 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 without me going back and getting all the extras finding um, all the thermoses yes it, what the hell is wrong with alan wake with this coffee shit <laughs> there, the, random. yeah yeah and the, you you know anyways would you agree uh, that I read in the, the Giant Bomb review it's best played if you stop at the end of an episode? Because there's always a cliffhanger at the end of each episode, right? It feels great. It feels... Now, guys, um, for people who haven't played it yet, it's set up just like a television show. Okay? So at the end of it, you have the... End, it'll say end of episode one or two or whatever you're at. It'll play a song. Licensed then, music that's really well chosen, hmm. too. Yes. It's cool. Yes. And um, it will then preview the next episode, just like any other thing that you've played before. So we're in next week, as we explore. Yep. That's pretty and if cool. And if you stop, uh, no, no, sorry, it will say last time. You know, if you stop, you'll come back and it'll say last time on Alan Wake. It feels like you are cutting this up just like a, a series of episodes. You want to do that. They're, they're great. They, le- they leave you at cliffhangers. Um, I think it is better if you do that. Uh, but it's extremely hard to. If you have time on your hands, you'll just go. I'll just, I'll just see what the other checkpoint is. Just one more. <laughs> just, just one more checkpoint, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, but and then there's a bunch of other extra stuff after that, Scott. You can then play it, and this is the first game in a long time that I'm really considering going through the hardest difficulty. It's called Nightmare Mode, where pretty much everything, every enemy has four times the health. Usually, I say, "Fuck that shit." I am not going to ruin the game's fun for me, right? But um, the, you collect these manuscript pages along the way, and they're actually only certain pages that you can get 
if if you play nightmare mode. That's so right. Thinking, yeah. yeah, I'm thinking about actually doing that. I don't know how it's going to affect the game for me. Last thing, the collector's edition actually includes like a developer commentary as you play the game, just like a DVD extras on. Oh, that's television. hilarious. Yeah. Oh, it's. I haven't tried them out yet. I'll give you an update later on, but I'm super excited about that. Next. Ooh. Um, I beat the darkness. That's another game that I told you about. Like, you know, I have all these games, but a good, a good portion of them I bought at GameStop for like buy one get one free deals, and they they were all like six ninety nine, you know. So I I got a bunch of older games like Condemned and Assassin's Creed and stuff like that. Um, the darkness is one of them. That is a great. That's another one with a great story, and it's kind of funny that I played that one and then played Alan Wake because the darkness is all about destroying light. So you can become more powerful. Alan Wake is the exact opposite. You have to stay in the light. So yeah, just an observation. That's, that's Back to the light. <laughs> go to the light. Yeah, um, go to the light. Aircam, go to the light. <laughs> this house is cleansed. <laughs> um, let's see. Final Fantasy 13. That's the game I originally got the system. And I really want to sit there and play it. It's just such an epic story. That as soon it's as, as too soon as, epic. Well, yeah. As soon as other games popped up, I, I just kind of like, man, I don't even follow this at all. I'm just going to start over later. <laughs> Who cares so, about this epic story? Just watch the movies. Too much in front of it. Yeah. Well, and then um, there here's a game that I if it had it's an indie game on Xbox um, Live. I love indie games, and I, I really appreciate doing all the trials and everything that they have. There's one called um, Mamat Mamat Night. Okay, it's in Japanese when you try it out. Um, it's absolutely nuts. I think you should pick it up, Mark. Oh yeah, I think so. Like what? Oh okay. So the thing is, it's tower defense. Okay, it's it's really weird. Um, you have a princess, like in Fat Princess, that you have to defend, and you have all of these like uh, weird um, barriers that you can kind of build up, repair, and upgrade, and everything like that. And you just have waves and waves of monsters that come and try to destroy it, okay? And you're one of four different classes. You can be like a, a ninja who summons, like, robots that look like the princess, and you can blow them up. And there's warriors and mages and all this stuff. And as you fight through the levels, it's got this crazy weird um, Japanese soundtrack that you probably like, Noah, because it's uh, somebody like a famous, um, you know, Japanese soundtrack guy, whatever. Um, and uh, you level up as you go and just continue over over again um, and you can you know put points into different areas make yourself more powerful and if you have to go around and and kind of you know um, uh, repair and upgrade these barriers and you can kind of choose where they are so it feels very much like fat princess from the you know ps3 and and tower defense mixed all together so you've got that and uh, borderlands I bought Borderlands again on 360, and it's mainly because the I had so many issues with the PC version, so I went ahead and, and got that again. And uh, I think I think I'm just gonna say the the last one, which is Age of Conan. I've been playing the crap out of that, and I did get the the guild back up. So the Creeping Darkness is on the set server. If any of the listeners want to come and play, join up and just go crazy. Um, it's gonna be kind of like a fan guild. Like anything else, um, if it falls apart, no biggie. You know, we've got a tier one city. We're just going to have fun. 
Um, I think we've got like a static group going on Mondays, and uh, that should be a blast. But uh, yeah. Okay, you're done. Yeah, I'm done. Uh, that was great. <laughs> I thought you were going to say more about how much you loved Rise of the Godslinger. Uh, you know, I do I like it. it. <laughs> I, I, I feel like I was overstaying my overstaying my welcome a bit with this. I, I kind of heard like a dead silence going on. I was like, oh fuck! I just killed everybody with boredom. So, it's not like oh, yeah. you're like reduced to you know crying in a fetal position or anything like that. <laughs> oh yeah, I I heard it. Well, See, not, this what not all of us. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I knew it was exciting in the beginning to hear all that stuff, and then I think once you guys realize, holy shit, he's actually going to talk that long, uh, that it all sank in. This is kind of torture. See, it's fun. We just think podcast. that school is a good distraction for you. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did kind of go overboard, didn't I? No, it's awesome. Hey, it's been a few weeks. I, re- I, like the, a lot. I like the detail. You know, you obviously have been... Trying a lot You're of good stuff. Not making this up. Yeah, this isn't like oh, I read a review yeah. and I've, I'm making up my. <laughs> it was yeah, awesome. sorry. Yeah. But anyways, Rise of the God Slayer, super fantastic. <laughs> now, the thing you guys mentioned on your last podcast when you're talking about just the 20 and 40 level content, I've been thinking about this since the last goddamn podcast. Okay, so this is going to be told right now. It's 2040 content, and then it's got a whole buttload of 80 content, and that's where it mainly is going. And there, it's not, it's not laziness when they give you those levels. You know, they realize that a, a lot of the people who are playing the game are are people with alts, and they're trying to you know get them eventually to 80. And if you get into an area like once you hit 40 and are in the that area between 40 and 80, you're going to notice that a lot of the quests. Uh, you you have single player quests, and then you're going to get to this this brick wall of group quests. And if there's nobody there in that zone, you're effed in the face, and you just want to get out of that area. Those free levels are going to help you mosey on to the next area without being stuck. That's that's why I quit the game before. My last time I quit was because I was in this area called Field of the Dead. I had all group quests, and I was about three levels away from getting to the next zone. If I, if I have that choice, I'm just going to quit because I'm not grinding three levels for no reason. So think about that. Okay, okay, I'm sorry. Bye-bye. Mark, what have you played? <laughs> My turn? Yeah, it's yeah. your turn. Okay. So for the iPhone, thanks to, oh gosh, one of our readers last week wrote in that Space Miner was the only good game for the iPhone after oh, yeah. a previous week where I was I denounced the iPhone as the shit game platform. So Space Miner is actually a really fun game, and I, I'm playing it all the time. I spent the four ninety nine to buy it because I don't roll with the whole hacked iPhone because I like my security. <laughs> but uh, it's really fun. It's like... It's kind of like a cross between Asteroids and Elite, where you're constantly, you know, improving your ship and stuff like that. It's like Eve, but for people with a short attention span. <laughs> so I've been really They're enjoying. Fun. I'm enjoying that quite a bit, and it's got a cool. It's got a really hilarious, funny theme to it. Like you, you're working for your uncle at the the space mine that he owns, but he he wanted to get a bigger ad ad for the um for his mine colony, so he. He got this loan with a bank that's really evil, and now you're kind of like trying to fight off the bank and stuff. But the bank has a really foxy 
um, lady who comes out. So you're <laughs> you're working another angle there too. So so I've been playing that, and then VS uh, versus trenches, which is where you're. Um, it's like a World War Two kind of. It's kind of like a. I don't know how you describe it. It's like a really simplified RTS where you're you're like attacking these different um, trenches with your with your. Right now, I'm playing as like the British, and you're 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 trying to hold these trenches, and then the Germans are coming, and you can you get to upgrade your units, and your units get experience and get more advanced and stuff, and it's this kind of weird side scroller RTS thing that you play. It's, and it's all with comical kind of a comical look to it, but it sounds a lot like swords, and, swords and soldiers on the Wii. It might be something similar to that. I haven't played that, so I'm not familiar with it. It's but too bad to shit. It's you love it. Uh, I, well, it's side scrolling RTS. I might have to try that. It's, yeah, it's pretty fun though. And I, what's funny is I've been playing campaign, which starts you out really easy. I mean, super easy. When I was trying to show it to somebody at work who had an iPhone, a Swedish guy actually. And I was like, yeah, you get to kill Germans. He's like, I fucking hate Germans. <laughs> okay. Wow. <laughs> and so I started, I started playing it. And then, of course, because I was playing like a quick play, it wasn't on super easy mode. And the Germans came in and smoked me. It was it was a horrible demo from, from my point of view. But so anyway. Is he not going to buy it now? He might. He might do it anyway. But... Um, so for that, that's what I've been playing for the iPhone. I've you, Everyone should gasp in horror when I say I have not played League of Legends for like two and a half weeks, probably. Wow. Yeah. <gasps> I know. Yeah. I hadn't seen you on. I've Scott, been on like every day. It's, I know. It, it used to be like three to four games a night. I logged in the other night and I hey, saw... If you only have one game loaded, it really focuses your game time. <laughs> yeah. When, you, when, you, when you've smoked your game system and it's the only thing that works besides like Diablo 2 or something. Don't do it, Scott. Don't do it. No. But, but anyway, yeah, I have getting fired up when I get when we get done here. So oh, there you go. I don't foresee that happening. I have, uh, <laughs> I yeah. I've, it's not that I have a problem with the game or anything. I've just um, I've had two other things come into my life. So there's the uh, the whole um, Rise of the God Slayer expansion for Age of Conan. So I've been playing that. Um, I put it I, for a couple nights. I put about two hours a night into it. Um, and then work kind of came in and crushed me, and I, I haven't got, I haven't had a good play session with it yet since. But I did manage to get a arch or a ranger up to level, I think level twenty three, and I'm I'm checking out the uh, the expansion, and was very disappointed that the voice acting didn't return for the expansion for the forty. So. I thought that that would happen, but but it's not that disappointing because it's really fun when you do the caravan thing to get to. Uh, what, what's the place you're headed to, Kitiara or Katai? It's the, the zone, yeah. The zone's called the Gateway to Katai. Gateway to Katai, yeah. I like the whole caravan thing and the option you have. So, not to spoil it for anyone. So I've been doing that, and then I've been using my offline leveling credits to get my um, conqueror up. And she's 43 now. So wow. that's cool. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so really? Every four days I get a level. <laughs> Ding. So um <laughs> been doing that. And then um Jason told my wife to buy me Red Dead Redemption for my birthday. Yes. So he could ignore you on uh, Xbox Live as well? Yeah, so so Eric, I won't ignore you because I, I really like multiplayer more than single player Awesome. 
So uh, I've been playing uh, just a little bit. I'm only at the part now where my guy got shot down when he tried to take in the uh, the outlaw guy, and I've been running over uh, wolves Spoilers. trying to steal the rabbits or kill kill bunnies or something or chickens. Yeah. They're trying to kill the chickens, and I'm enjoying trampling them with my horse. And I think the way they did the horse riding is really awesome. Like yeah, I like it a lot. It's cool. It's like it's pretty cool. Like it, it's it's really coaxing you through this the like mechanics of the system obviously to show you how all like all the nuances and how to really be good. Mm-hmm. But like at first you kind of learn how to ride the horse and you keep up with people and you do the whole romantic. Well, it's probably not romantic, but this lady's kind of helping you out. And you're kind of riding around the ranch with her and keeping pace with her on your horses, which is like a total cliche, right? And then, but then later when when you're trying to stop the wolves you get to start shooting. And I was always, like, spun around at some crazy angle, so I decided finally that maybe I was more of a wolf trampler than a wolf shooter. <laughs> and once I, once I like, switched over to that mode, it went, it was a whole lot more fun for me. So oh. not really a dead-eye marksman, but more of a run-you-over kind of guy. So <laughs> Yeah. The great so, thing about... The great thing about that is when you get into the multiplayer, they have all these challenges, and some of them are go and you know clear out this hideout, but others are trample a bunch of people. Yeah, I'm I'm totally up for the trample part. There you go. <laughs> so, so yeah, I've been playing that, and uh, that about does it for me. I, I haven't I haven't been doing much else. So yeah, been good. Yeah. Well, that was that was the epic section segment that I expected it would be. Listeners hope you like that. We've still got more to come. Stacey. Oh yeah, several hours. Mark, come closer to the mic. Eric, Eric, I have a quest for you. <laughs> And now it's time for mail. Email. You've got mail. First up in our mailbag, we have an email from Hugh, who says, Big thanks to the hackers. Just a quick story for you. I quit World of Warcraft a while back. My highest character was a level 72 druid. Anyway, just for kicks... I went to check to make sure he was still there in the armory, and I was a little taken aback to see my little druid had all grown up to level 80 and decked out in purple things. I don't think I ever got a purple item during my entire WoW career. Anyway, quick call to Blizzard, and they gave me access and control of my account. So some poor sod must have bought my account, leveled my druid, went raiding with him, 280 frost emblem things, <laughs> gear rating of 2800, and now it's been ripped away from him. You can go check him out in the armory, Candy Bear, on the Earthen Ring RP server. Love the show and all the best to Jason. Hope he gets through whatever he's going through. Hugh. Yo, know, Jason's got so much he's going through, so many video games. It's hell. You it's know? a hard, hard, hard. <laughs> you know. <laughs> it is it is a hard luck life. I, I hope he can get through them all. <laughs> and actually, Candy Bear's not this guy's name. We changed it per request. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, he requested that we not. Uh, so we were gonna call him Furry Power, but we went with Candy Bear. <laughs> but uh, he hacked. Yeah, that's awesome. That's the most awesome thing that could ever happen to your hacked account. It's almost like Conan's free levels. Yeah. 
almost, but without even the better gear. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> wow, thanks for thanks for writing in, Hugh. That was uh, that was inspiring. I'm, it's I'm interesting going, to hear the cheaters help us win. <laughs> I think I'm gonna like lose my RSA uh, token for uh, for dual you know authentication and switch my password to something really simple like hi. And, and see if it could happen to me. Yeah. Drow sap, password backwards, maybe. I don't know. Something <laughs> like that and see if what happens, because I, I would love to come back and find my level 80 warlock all decked out before I start the, the next the Cataclysm expansion. Yeah. I kind of felt bad. Like I was like, oh, man, this happened? So I went over to the WoW Armory, checked out my character. Still level 70. <laughs> you know what I've been doing lately is... um. I read somewhere about Jonathan Davis from Corn, and his his character is a warrior. And I like to always go and like reflect on the fact that my gear is better than his. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you might have fame and and a really good rock band and fame and respect, but you suck at work. But you suck at work. <laughs> 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 That's not passive aggressive at all. No. Not yeah, at all. but you don't have the Mohawk Mr. T grenade, man. Oh no, I'm not a night elf. I'm not a night elf night elf night mohawk or whatever. <laughs> then we have two emails from Matt. First up, hello Channel Massive. Thanks for the advice on League of Legends in your last podcast. Lots of good tips. Me and my wife really appreciated it. Man, that's like that'd be cool to have like a wife that played that game. No kidding. Holy <laughs> snaps. I wanted to know your thoughts on the upcoming MMO APB. Are you going to give it a shot? Also, I know you guys play pen and paper RPGs. Have you played any miniature games? And if you have, are you looking forward to the Warhammer 40k MMO? My last question is, can you tell us your characters' names and servers on the MMOs you play that you wouldn't mind playing with podcast listeners on? Thanks a lot. You guys rock. Matt. Well, shoot, I don't even know where to begin. <laughs> um... APB, yes, interested. Yes, very interested. Going Apparently to give it a they're going to bring it to the consoles. Don't believe it. Don't. Yeah, we've heard yeah, that before. It's not going to happen. When Hell Freezes Over APB will be released for the console. You're like, oh, we're, we're, we're taking will... time to make the console version different, and it's it's going to still be the same, but it's going to be optimized for the console. So they just said yeah, that. it'll be released yeah. right after Age of Conan's console and Lord of the Rings console. Yeah. Yeah. Champions Online. And everything in the... Uh, yeah. Um, I... I have uh, never played a miniature game. I had miniatures from the old Dungeons & Dragons days because Dungeons & Dragons was kind of like a offshoot of the miniatures, but I never really knew what to do with them. Like, I wasn't into the idea of painting them because they're so yeah. small. It's just cool to have them, I would think. But, I, yeah, it was kind of cool to have I ha- I still have them somewhere. I have to go find my... I have this, like, box with all of them. That I've lost. Like miniature rule sets, but I never had the uh, disposable income to uh, equip, you know, entire pewter armies. That <laughs> yeah, and it's painting. it is yeah. it's got to be cool. There's a we're spoiled in Denver because there's a place called Attactrix that's down in Aurora, like the south side of Aurora, and they have regular gaming sessions on I think Friday and Saturday nights, and they have everything from like Avalon Hill games with the Hex maps and counters like Squad Leader and Rise and Decline of the Third Reich to um, miniature games to Magic the Gathering to 
role-playing games. Wow, that's paper cool. role-playing games. I had no idea. Yeah, I stumbled across it one day. Uh, it was a crazy Pretty story. Much all of our, uh, here in Birmingham, all of our, there's, I think there's three left. Pretty much um, all the little independent game shops, I mean, they all have two rooms off to the side where you, they have pretty much games going all the time. Mm-hmm. For the unemployed, you know. <laughs> unemployed and the young. But uh, some of the people at my shop are definitely not what you would call young. Yeah, the tactrix crowd. But they are definitely unemployed. <laughs> yeah. That's older. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, let's see. So I, uh, I know I'm just dominating this one, but. Dominate. Um, dominate. But um, Warhammer 40K, I never played the miniature rules, but I did play, um, even with Eric once, we, we got together, I believe, or we were going to uh, play the, um, the the version that you, the real-time strategy game, which mm-hmm. is pretty yeah. cool. Warhammer don't, don't 40K 2. Okay, yeah. And, and it's really cool. Um, but I never played the actual miniatures. I've, I've been to hobby shops where you can just, God, you could spend so much money on no that stuff. No kidding. And um, it, it looks pretty impressive, but never have played it. Finally, um, last question is, can you tell your characters' names and servers on MMOs you play that you wouldn't mind playing with? Well, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Currently playing Gankarella on the... Seth server for Age of Conan. How's that spelled? Gankarella. It's G A N K G A N K E R E L L A. Gankarella is her name. Level twenty three ranger. Um, and then I have uh, well, that, that's that's the only thing I'm really playing right now. So. Uh, well, you have the character uh, creeping, in the Creeping Darkness Guild, correct? Yep. Yeah. Darkness, yeah, and in League of Legends, I'm I'm uh, easily you can find me as B A H N E Bane on League of Legends, and I will always play with you if you <laughs> if you if you send me a message or just blindly invite me into a game, I'll always join. He's online. Just let time. us know who you are, or, yeah. Because some people sometimes your your listener are like, well, I know your information, so I'm gonna add you as a friend, and like add me as a friend, and I'm like, and I'll accept it, and I'm like. Who are you? Yeah, Matt. Shoot in, a, <laughs> yeah, shoot, yeah. in a, shoot in an email to Gmail with you and your wife's um, character names for League of Legends. Yeah, and mm-hmm. and we could even like set up a time to play or something because after this like hiatus, I need to get back into it. I'm like, Crazy. and if you want to, if you want somebody who will play middle with Tristana or Lane with you or something, like I'm all it's your about specialty. It. I like to do middle, but I can <laughs> with you. So, and you know, Mark, like Mark, I'm trying just to get up to level thirty so that. So that my Malphite can play with your Bane. So. Oh yeah, man, that'd be awesome. I I need you tanking for me, obviously. Eric and uh, Scott, did you have any characters and servers you wanted to share? Um. Well, I'm not playing any MMOs at the moment, but uh, my uh, League of Legends character is Marcus V. So that is uh, M-A-R-C-U-S with a V. And I just wanted to say about APB, I'm super interested, also mainly because of the customization. Like that's just insane. Yeah. To make their own tattoos oh yeah. And all that stuff. Oh, that's um, so, so cool. So I'm intrigued by it, and also the the way that Red Dead Redemption's multiplayer is almost like an MMO. The way you're leveling up and everything like that. At first, I didn't think I wanted to play like another shooter kind of 
thing where you're running around the city and doing all – I just wasn't interested. But that's got me way more interested because it seems like the stuff they introduce in Red Dead Redemption where you don't get a lot of customization, if I get that customization where I can you know, make my own cars and do all of this crazy stuff, it's going to be nuts. So I, I'm, I'm definitely going to pre-order and, and grab it up. Um, my characters – um, Age of Conan, I play regularly. I put a, a ton of hours getting the guild up and running again. I'm recruiting and everything like that. My The main character is Omuro, which is O-M-U-R-O. Okay? Um, I absolutely love playing with listeners, um, getting the uh, Creeping Darkness, making the fan guild for Champions Online. That was the first attempt that, of, of creating it kind of as a fan guild. It was absolutely great playing with the listeners of the podcast. Um, if you want to try out Age of Conan, you're not quite sure, you can definitely get it cheap from a ton of different places. Get the original box without the um, expansion, or for twenty nine ninety nine, you can get the expansion. And just give me, shoot me an email, and I love giving tours because some games, getting someone to walk you through something or teach you some of the basics really quick, uh, get to that point where you can enjoy it. You know, I used to do it all the time in Champions Online, and I don't mind doing it for Age of Conan. Um, my character, uh, my sorcerer name in um, League of Legends is Oruzad. Uh, O-E-R-U-Z-O-D. Um, and let's see. Um, oh, 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 oh. Allods, if you want to play that, this is a free-to-play game, so we can all get together in that. Uh, Velenthek, V-E-L-E-N-T-H-E-C. That's it. Okay. Thank you. For me, I... Uh, gosh. My Age of Conan character that I'm most likely to be playing is called Solonar. He's a Aquilon. He's an an Aquilonian assassin on the set server, and his name is spelled S O L A N A R. And I am in League of Legends as a Kindor, A K I N D O R. <laughs> I have no idea when I'm going to play either of those games next <laughs> in the near future. <laughs> so if you don't find Walking me, it's right not now, because wait. I'm avoiding you. <laughs> he's just busy. Just a we got a lot of big plans for Nintendojo coming up, and I'm very heads down on that. Yeah, that's the big thing you have to know. Like, Noah is planning everything for E3 for us. Whatever job he has during the day, who cares about that? Because when he comes home, he's just working to get everything set up for Nintendojo and Channel Massive. So I think we should all go, you know, listeners at home, just say, Go, Noah, you can do it. <laughs> you can Thank do you. it. Our last email, also for Matt. It's about a game I'm not too familiar with. I'll be interested to hear what you guys think, my co-hosts. Hey guys, I was recently playing Battle of the Immortals, a free-to-play MMO. I was having a good time, so I decided to click their cash shop, and wow, it was confusing and expensive. I just wanted to know what your experiences with them were, and what you thought. Thanks, Matt. Did you, have you guys, have any of you tried Battle of the Immortals? I played it for about 20 hours. I, I played to... a little bit, um, you know, and I Basically, I, I went back to Runes of Magic. It it seemed like to me it wasn't um, as extensively westernized as Runes of Magic was, and so um, the the truly Asian feel was um, a little much for me. So, Battle of the Mortals is really kind of interesting um, because it's really funny you say that, Scott, because they've been on a ton of podcasts and they've done a bunch of video um, kind of. Um, logs about uh, explaining to people that originally the Jap- uh, the the Asian version of this was pretty much just a, a, an elaborate um, chat 
area, okay? You would literally Costume pay. party. Yeah, you would pay to, to get all of this junk. You never earned anything. And then when you walked up to things, nothing had aggro at all. You would just go and kill things. The more money, real money that you spent in, in it, the more powerful you'd be. It was just a chat lobby. Yeah, and the thing is, they knew it, and they said, hey, we're now going to completely adjust this game. So I played it a bit because I was really intrigued of how they're going to do that. Overall, it's it feels like a um, a three-quarters view Diablo kind of MMO. Yeah, you know, I did, I did like that aspect of it. It, it had that, um, you know, it's not that uh, so close in, so you did get that um, sense of scale I liked. but. Mm-hmm. But everything's kind of still feels very wonky, and you can see that what they did is they're the on the American side they are adding whole like AI routines like you know the uh, the things have to aggro now properly and stuff like that. And when I played it in the beta and also played when it went live, and it's it feels not all together. And there's not there wasn't really a story either, so they had to make well, that, up the story. That makes, that makes so much more sense. Cause, see, I always thought like the the AI was just sort of simplistic. I just thought, mm-hmm. oh, they're just sticking it in so I have something to kill. Yep. And in reality, that's what they did. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it just, it just, um, I don't know. Between the two, I don't, you know. Ultimately, uh, most of the free plays they don't have enough pull to keep me in there long term. So it's kind of my off game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm already, I play, I dabble in DDO as well. So having, having both of those was a was enough to where it's like, well, I mean, uh, all lots kind of fell into the same mode. It just didn't grab me as much as the other two. And mm-hmm. because I, there's no compelling reason to get back in there, I just didn't. Yeah. I'm waiting for a few more patches to jump into Battle of the Immortals. Um, it's, it's, has a, a couple fun mechanics to it. You know, any of the, any of the enemies that you fight have a small chance of dropping themselves. Um, so kind of like Pokemon, you can, you can, uh, catch all of the enemies and if you like one you can grind on it enough to get it and it will follow you around and fight for you and then you can level it up and i think there's a basic fusion system you know stuff like that and then there's this thing called soul gear that is really just they're spending all this time to get these elaborate soul like um uh, elaborate things that have all these points of articulation and everything so they look nuts you know and yeah, the uh, animation on the armor yeah because like yeah Shoulder pieces and the head pieces—they all move and and have interactions. Now that I mean, visually it looks very cool. For yeah, for what it is, um, you know, you still get that free-to-play font that bugs the crap out of me. I think they actually patched it out. Hopefully, I haven't been in since they did it, but uh, they have that really low-res, really hard-to-read font of a cheap, you know, Asian MMO that you just like. Oh, I can't. Burning my eyes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, the big thing is with the with the cash shop, um, they also it's it's kind of convoluted and it is really confusing. I don't like it. You've got you've got things that you can earn with points. Um, that you you it's kind of like riot points, not riot points. Riot points are the things you pay for, right? What what's the other one uh, in, in League of Legends? Yeah, the ones that you earn over time, so you can actually buy things without paying real money. They have a system. Yeah, they have it just like that, okay? But the weird thing is there are like three different kinds of points you can get, right? Um, and you can buy certain certain things with these points, certain things with the ones you pay for, you know? 
And you, you're kind of like, okay, I want they, – they have really crazy mounts also. They have one that's like a harp with wings. They have one that's like a, a chariot pulled by a spider. Just a bunch of crazy crap, right? Uh, and you'll want one, and and that one just happens to be the one that you have to pay real money for. You don't know till you click on it and you look through all of this stuff. Some of them you have to get with special points that take you months to, to get. It's it's kind of they really need to consolidate it. Hopefully though, it seems like they're they're there listening to their their um the feedback of their players because they've made a lot of changes that have responded to that. So we'll see. Hopefully they they fix that stuff up. Well, thank you. Better, was, God damn it. <laughs> oh, sorry. Really glad that you you're on the show this night because Mark and I don't have as much experience as you do with that game. So, Matt, hopefully that answers some of your questions about just general impressions of the game. Listeners, if you have other questions or topics that you'd like to spin up with us, send them into mail. M-A-I-L. At channelmassive.com. M-M-M-A-A-I-I-I-L-L-L. One-upper, you one-upper. Echo. That was hard. And now we're going to get into our roundtable discussion that's coming up next. The lump suckers. Mm-hmm. See ya. I'm so down, let me try again. We've decided in our benevolent generosity to go through the three topics <laughs> and hope for the best. We're going to start out talking about Google Pac-Man, and then we will get into... Apple's growing dominance of the computer world and wrap yeah. it up with some Guild Wars 2 specialization in terms of how you're going to be able to experience that as a as a single player or, or just what will be special about that game special for your particular character in that MMO. But first up, Google Pac-Man. To celebrate Pac-Man's 30th anniversary, Google did one of its Google Doodles, which it's well-known for, where it changed out the company logo with artwork. But this is actually interactive artwork. It was a full Pac-Man game, replacing the standard Google logo that you could control with the arrow keys. And if you were smart and curious and hit the insert quarter button, you got Pac-Man and Ms. Pac-Man on the board at the same time. And you could play with Ms. Pac-Man with the WASD keys, regular Pac-Man with the arrow keys. Totally cool. Well, it turns out that Google, in spite of its (laughs) do-no-evil, was (laughs) tracking the amount of time that people spent in this little game. That's shocking that they track what's on their web page, yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And the estimate is 4.82 million hours of productivity were lost to this little innocuous game. Lost? Or perhaps... Banked for future. That may have been my most productive twenty minutes of that day. That day, <laughs> the day I discovered Pac-Man Google. It was a beautiful day. Sun was shining. It, it was, was a sunny day. Yeah, it was great. And I, I totally. That was like around three, three in the afternoon when I stumbled across that. Actually, doing a legitimate search to find something. I was like, oh ensnared. my god, the, the logo changed, and then I had like some distraction. And during that time, it was able to load up, and I heard the sound, and I was like, oh, my God, you've got to be kidding me. And 
of course, my hands like instinctively went to the arrow keys, <laughs> and they worked. It worked, and, uh, and I was like, I did something else, and I fumbled around, and I got the quarter insert thing, and I could play two player, and I had Pac Man and Miss Pac Man, and I figured out what the keys were for that, and I was trying to play them both, and my my head was like trying to split in half, you know, it was like the total split brain challenge. It was so cool, and to it try was that. awesome, and yeah, and my coworkers like started. They heard me playing it, you know, because I was. I had this. I have this new laptop at work, and so the um, I didn't have the sound turned down, and so I mean, it's just so, such a iconic sound, you know. You know, and they were like, "What are you doing?" And I'm like, "Come check this out! It's fucking cool!" And, oh, it's hilarious. It was just so cool. It made my day. It made my week. Yeah, I um. It just shows the magic of Pac-Man and the older arcade games because I sit – I got all these games, right? And I'm showing my girlfriend Alan Wake, and I'm she'll sit there for about five minutes and go, That's, I'm, I'm walking away, dude. I'll show her Red <laughs> Dead Redemption. I'll show her all these cool games, and she'll be like, whatever. And then we're sitting there trying to set up to watch Twin Peaks on the laptop, and I go, wait a second. I got I to gotta check out some – pac-man for a second and i'm on that for five seconds and she just pushes me over and says pac-man and plays that for 30 minutes yep it's true yep. it's 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 a wonderful game was that on google or your xbox that was google you should totally download pac-man championship edition on the xbox it is freaking awesome oh that's, that's multiplayer Pac-Man. too right huh that's multiplayer too right uh Oh, man. You can take turns, but it's got a lot of really cool modes, like where the whole maze is invisible. Oh, I've seen, it showed me that. And That's it's really got this cool. cool, thumping, freaky nightclub vibe to it, but just lots of, and then there's like a super fast turbo Pac-Man mode. It's it's really, really cool. Oh, I'll grab it. But yeah, as you can see, we all really like Pac-Man, and it's no surprise that this statistical story was very true and sucked up a lot of our personal time. We contributed to that 4.82 million. So shall we shall we dig into the moral question? What is the moral question? Did they do evil? (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you take it as a dollar tally, if you estimated that it was twenty five dollars an hour uh, to have them pay, it was one hundred and twenty million four hundred eighty three thousand eight hundred dollars lost. And no. for that amount, Last you could hire all 20,000 Google employees all the way down to their janitors for six weeks. Fuck, that'd be cool. Man, if I had that much, if I had all those guys working for me, I'd be like, clean up the dog poo in the yard. <laughs> yeah, baby landscape, baby dudes. Oh, man, that'd be awesome. <laughs> So the next story that we have is related to <laughs> Apple. I'd like my yeah. Just that trying was, to keep us moving along. That was mm-hmm. segue of epic proportions. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing to see here. Just keeping people awake. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> if they if they are even still. <laughs> uh, what man? But Apple has surpassed Microsoft, according to Wall Street. Well, well, yeah, still, still, let's, still let's, Apple. let's think about it here. I mean, so 
It's the most valuable technology company so to, you to have, put a beat on it. You have Microsoft being squeezed between two, well, three, okay. Microsoft is currently being squeezed between three pretty powerful forces, right? On the server side, you have the whole, like, resurgence of Unix through Linux, right? So you've got, like, you know, Oracle has bought into it. All these other companies, like IBM, they have bought into it. Everybody's, like, going that way. So that's their their server side is under attack from that angle. Then on the whole, um, the application is moving into the web front. You've got Google, who has been, you know, headed that direction from the beginning. And not only do they do do that, but they do the search engine thing well. And oh, by the way, they have Android for the phone, which is like the the new smartphone, like Super OS, which kind of makes the Microsoft version look pale in comparison, as well as some would say the Apple version. And then for just good, uh, solid hardware and good, great UI, you know, streamlined, beautiful, wonderful usability, you have Apple coming in there with their their iPhones and with their iPads and with their you know their the the Macs and everything it's mm-hmm. it's like it is kind of a it's I, I could just see them feeling a little bit squeezed here and so when you see this as Apple passes Microsoft as number 1 in tech it's like yeah on one in one dimension they've passed them and in in two other dimensions they've been surpassed by others or at least are under siege you know yeah so, you know, I don't know. This and th- that, putting it that way, it just this whole press release kind of feels like what Apple does all the time. Like it just makes me even more angry. Thanks a lot, because it's just <laughs> like, yes, if you focus down, if you condense us to just this one area, just for today, just look at this. We are gods. It's like, yeah, that's that's why people drink their Kool Aid. This is a difference of only a mere $1 billion. Uh, Wall Street has valued Apple at $222.12 billion. Finally, for the first time, surpassing Microsoft, which is $219.18 million. So I guess it's a difference of about $3 billion. Okay. And that's the key difference. Microsoft still surpasses Apple in several other variables, whether it's revenue... Net income and cash on hand, but the actual tech valuation, so far as Wall Street's concerned, is higher. So, what this oh, and the other the other aspect of this is, it's skewed. This is a this is a value for pure tech, but we're they're basically talking about the mobile market, the mobile handheld market, even even less than that. Which what does Microsoft have in that arena? The Zune. I mean. Give me a break. I mean, well, they have Windows. I would say mobile. probably eighty. Well, yeah, but Windows Seven may have a shot. But um, I mean, ultimately, if you if you strip out the iPad and the iPod, which arguably are beginning to kind of creep into the traditional PC space, it's still a very skewed number. It's 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 uh, it's not really accurate of the actual situation. Well. Valve seems to think Apple's worthwhile since they did recently launch Steam on Mac. Oh my god, and League of Legends. League of Legends is coming to Mac as well. Well, endgame app. Done. Good. So, this got me hypothes- wildly hypothesizing Jules Verne style. 
<laughs> can you see a future? Golden metaphor award yeah. for that one. <laughs> Sorry. So, like, could you imagine that we're all playing our hardcore p- computer games on Macs in 10 years? No. But then again, we may not be playing it on the PC either. Flying cars. And if if Mac if Apple were to dominate the computer industry in the long term, do you think it would be much different than it is today? No. Overall, same game, different brand. Yeah. Well, and I think the device. I mean, I think in ten years, the device we're playing on may not be what we. It may be a, a hybrid of an iPad and an Xbox with some motion control built into the... I mean, who knows what it's going to end up being with Natal coming and, I mean, who knows? Well, the thing is, like, we're going through technology advanced to the point now that instead of getting these these, like, um, I don't know, moments that define us for decades, we're getting these this constant wash of trends that are popping up, you know, like 3D gaming, and then you know, it's 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 the time that something is popular is shrinking at an exponential rate. So it's like, what's how can you even guess what's going to happen, you know? Well, well, I could guess. That was the point of the discussion was just to randomly guess, <laughs> but <laughs> well, the guess is is. No, it would it would not look different if we were on the traditional Power Mac versus the PC. <laughs> well, now that now that the Mac runs on basically Intel hardware, same stuff as PCs. Yeah, yeah, it's like you know, the, the Mac OS is basically based on Unix with a fancy you know UI UI to to present. But I feel the only difference would be it'd be more of a closed walled garden. And it'd be a hell of a lot more expensive, like twenty percent markup for the same type of technology. Oh, because it's, be, it's such a cool, fancy brand. It'll be well. It is. It's like it's like those guys that like go to the sharper image to buy like their alarm clock, desktop. Yeah, their alarm clock, or I was going to say their desktop like uh, sound system or whatever. You know, it's like you know your average Joe. He goes to Walmart or Target. I will be buying a PC in a month, and you can guarantee it will be a PC. And will you build it yourself, or will you? I, I will. I will. It's you know, it's just it's that kind of a thing. It's like I, I still believe that at the, in the, in this present day, the the Mac PC based hardware. I, I guess that's contradictory, but the Mac, the the, the equivalent <laughs> of a PC for a Mac. Is like a European sports car to a Ford. Yeah. Right? It's like you buy a Mac Power Book, like the the new one that we're all waiting for, which I might actually buy one. Uh, it's, why? It, because it's like a European <laughs> sports car. It's like a BMW or a Mercedes, you know? It's like it's going to be like this incredibly cool, super powerful, um, streamlined Laptop that I'll that I'll get compared to my Dell, you know, old ninety four hundred or something like that. You know, it's like it's it's just going to be built better. It's going to feel more refined. It'll handle the cor- the corners better. You know, I'll be able to accelerate and decelerate better. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. 
you know, no one's not getting the not getting. Well, because my... always to think of when I think of Apple is overpriced service contracts and mandating that you bring it in for every little damn thing that you have to bring in another store. Yeah, I mean, literally, you cannot. It's a European sports car. How do you not see the parallel now after a, you said that? It's like a twenty percent markup. If your if your Nissan breaks down, it's like a hundred dollars. If it's your if it's a Mercedes or a BMW, well, why it's would you want to subject yourself to that crap? Because, because you're just status based and materialistic. No, because it feels good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Noah, <laughs> Noah, as you, Noah looks down his nose at me in my um, gym shorts and essentially uh, <laughs> t-shirt, covered in baby duty. <laughs> <laughs> Our final roundtable topic is Guild Wars 2. Had a, the, the folks making Guild Wars ArenaNet revealed some really cool aspects of how your personal character story is going to be developed throughout the game. Now, Guild Wars obviously is still very much an MMO, but ArenaNet's trying to take it one level deeper so far as how you create your character. So, of course, you're going to choose a gender, you're going to choose a race, you're going to choose a class, but then you're also going to fill out a personality quiz, and they're going to ask you stuff about how intimidating you are and where did you go to school and all this other stuff, and that's going to determine where you live in your starting area. It's going to determine how NPCs react to you. It's going to cause different threads of your storyline to be totally different. So, hypothetically, you could even just hit the random button and create a character that's maybe even the same class and race, but if with different storylines and get a totally different experience. I think it's fucking cool. It, it, it harkens back to the old Ultima Online, or not Ultima Online, the old Ultima games where you, you know, you talk with the gypsy and you go through the various questions of like, what would you do in this scenario? And you end up with a, a, a character class that's most suited to your personality, at least based on the questions. Yeah, yeah. Well, one and, of the things that's, that's kind cool. of interesting is, you know, Guild Wars, the original game, the characters themselves were pretty much disposable. Yeah. I mean, it did get to the point where you could just generate a, a level 20 whatever that you needed at the moment because it was a lot of the PvP and all but. And, you know, the the face options and the hair options, even with as they added different expansions, you still, I mean, if you had, you know, the the faction expansion, you still only had, like, eight sets of hair and oh, super faces, and everybody looked the same. Yeah, they did have a color system for their armor, and that was helpful, but, I mean, pretty much everyone was cookie cutter. Um, I really like that they're kind of bringing some personality to your character and, and so you can flesh that out a little bit. You know, the only reason I never got super into Guild Wars is because none of my friends played it. <laughs> oh, see, I was on Guild Wars for over three years. But you weren't a friend at that time. You, you, That's mm-hmm. true. That's true. But yeah, I didn't... I, I, but seriously, I have, like, the collector's edition of Guild Wars and I have all the expansions and I... I would just play it, but only, you know, in a minimalistic kind of way, you know. I just try to, like, check it out and get the feel and the vibe, but none of my friends would ever play it with me. 
you know, and, and that was kind of, I mean, in the beginning, that was before we had our podcast, so I didn't have really exposure yeah. to, you know, lure people in to <laughs> join me. <laughs> but it's, what? it's awesome. I mean, I never had a problem with it. I loved the whole way that they did the, you know, you buy the game, you buy the expansions, and that's your subscription model yeah, right there, really you know. Nice. I thought that was... What always cool. drew me in was the skill the skill it's, manipulation and the tr- skill mm-hmm. trees. That yeah. Just, that mechanic was probably the, one of the best I've seen ever. Yeah, really yeah. well done. That's what I, I mean, I really liked that it was all about what skills you picked for a build. Uh, I mean, even the PvE, uh, you could be interested in the story, but really it was just a place for you to go out and get certain skills. You know, you'd go to a different place to get a certain epic skill to fill out your build and everything like that. Uh, and that's that was interesting, but I did get tired of it because in MMOs, I want I want to feel like I have ownership over my character's role, the way he's created, stuff like that. This allowing me to create like some background and have like they explain that they have this home instance that will actually change. It feels like we're working in things from single player MMOs that I've really enjoyed like um, Dragon Age you know you would create your origin Mass Effect yeah. would also have an origin and people would react as you went along and depending you know uh, because you're going to have this home instance that changes over time it's going to be really great because I'm going to get that same satisfaction of in, in Mass Effect or in Dragon Age where I create a reputation for myself uh, well, we so, forget but when Guild Wars first came out I mean you remember I mean they have one of the best original tutorial areas ever Oh yeah, yeah, hell yeah! Pre-tar. Absolutely, that was awesome, and the graphics yeah. were so top notch when they came out too. It was yeah, all that bloom lighting—it was really well done. It was. It was like yeah, that was like really my first experience with that, and I was like, now, now I do have a question. Um, now they're the hype. You know, they're beginning to release quite a bit of information in a fairly rapid manner here here recently. Mm-hmm. You don't think at E three we're going to get a. Uh, a much more detailed release date. Oh, yeah. Maybe. I mean, we pretty much we pretty much got a confirmation that uh, the old Republic's not going to be out until at least after March thirty first, two thousand twelve. Twelve. Damn it! Yeah. So we. I mean, we're at least talking wow. sixteen months. Um. You know, I. I we know when StarCraft Two's coming out. Yeah. Well. <laughs> I see Guild Wars probably going to catch that first quarter or even the last quarter of this year. Mm-hmm. Now we wait to see when um, Cataclysm comes out. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Based on when Guild Wars 2 comes out? Oh, yeah. You know it. You know they're going to do it. <laughs> well, yeah, because all the three of that guys are old, are old oh, yeah. uh, guys anyway. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, it's getting due. I am really excited about the system. I wouldn't have considered Guild Wars, but the idea to get... Uh, one of the things that got me most excited about Champions Online was the idea of creating your own nemesis. Yeah. It's a very similar concept where you're creating a part of the world that really belongs to you as the gamer. And I love that Guild Wars 2 and other MMOs are really getting into the... It's, it's this convergence that's now starting to become a standard regardless of the type of RPG, whether it's single-player or whether it's multiplayer, that you, your character's decisions 
really impacts the world. It's really a staple of Western RPGs and something that I like about them so much, whether it's Fable, Mass Effect, Dragon Age, all these other games that we've played in the past on our PC. It's so cool to finally see those bleeding over in MMOs, and I wonder why Asian and Eastern MMOs don't do the same thing. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. They, the, their tradition is usually, we have such a kick-ass world, or we have such a kick-ass storyline, it's going to be super linear, you're not going to impact it at all, or it's just going to be window dressing. But I really can't see in the long term any RPG not integrating this in some way, trying to do it some way. I even like just how, they're, how they're bringing forward the lore to where it becomes, you know, almost like a high renaissance era. You know, they're oh you know, yeah, so, like the new the ranger class probably won't be a you know a bow class at all. It'll end up being a firearm class in a certain way. Um, yeah, it just seems like that they're putting a lot of extra effort to make this a a much more refined experience from Guild Wars. Well, and hats off to them because they could have kept they could have kept the Guild Wars it. going. Yeah, they could yeah. they could have yeah it, they could have easily. You know, released Guild War Two and just sort of, you know, sort of remade it a little bit, done a little here, yeah, a little this there. It's going to be way, way different. This also gets back to the promise that I was hoping. Well, that Age of Kona makes you feel like you're starting off with. Did you have this epic single player quest, and then after level twenty, it was really just window dressing. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And as you alluded to with Old Republic, this may be the first game. Well, I also. All points bulletin as a, a potential to go here, but maybe the first demo that really delivers on the aspect of you having an impact in the game world that you're playing. And if you read the detailed breakdown over on the guildwars2.com website, it's called the Personal Story Overview. It's something that the developers go out of their way to emphasize is that they know that a common complaint about people playing MMOs is they feel like, yeah, I do all these epic quests, I kill these giant monsters, but it doesn't really mean anything in the game world. They're really trying to address that. And it sounds like they may be doing some of the stuff. I mean, it's implicit, and maybe I'm just I'm jumping to conclusions here, but it's the same kind of idea that we saw in Wrath of the Lich King when you went through the Death Knight storyline, yeah. and you did something that actually changed the game world in an instanced fashion. And so maybe we'll see more of that at a higher level in Guild Wars 2. I'm definitely excited to check it out. Pretty cool. Maybe we'll get to see an example of that at E3. Yeah. We go there in a few weeks. Hell Yeah. We will not share that with the listeners. No. <laughs> Private. Need to know information. Yes. <laughs> Before our platinum subscription model. <laughs> Just kidding. Listeners, we hope you liked our lengthy, sagacious show here. Epic that it is. Actually, it's not sagacious. It was mostly just lengthy. Loquacious, perhaps. Oh, yes. Well not said. sagacious. Um, let us know what you thought of it. If you have any hopes and dreams for EverQuest 2, or are you excited about All Points Bulletin, or do you have some tabletop miniature RPG pen and paper game that you want to regale us about, or who's your favorite character in League of Legends, or I could go on and on about all the millions of things that we talked about in this episode. Send it into mail. M A I L. Beautiful. At channelmassive.com or send us a tweet at twitter.com slash channelmassive. You should follow us. Eric is the grandmaster tweet tweeter Me. over there. Me. 
So he'll Your. be delighted to hear Hundred and forty characters of goodness. We look forward to hearing back from you, and we'll be back soon with another episode.